I'm ready. Well, welcome to a special Rebels podcast. Um, here today with special guest Pastor Steve Richardson, and as always, P Nate and the Weak Link Pootie, um, here to help you guys engage culture with a biblical world worldview. We are the Rebels, and uh, we're coming to you with a special episode today uh, to discuss the um, travesty, as as I would say it, in Alberta right now, which is uh, the arrest of Pastor Tim Stevens. Um, Nate, how you doing? Uh, I'm, I'm doing okay. I'm doing better than our friend Tim, unfortunately. Um, uh, Steve Richardson is here. Uh, last time uh, Pastor Tim got arrested, he was in, incarcerated for a couple of days. Uh, and Steve called a special prayer meeting uh, for a lot of the Ontario pastors who have been um, on the same page with all of this stuff. And we had a prayer meeting at his church. Uh, and so he was arrested again, and we wanted to do a little bit more this time. Um, and so hopefully this will just shed some light on what's going on. We just kind of want to talk about it a little bit. Uh, I know this uh, this disturbs you deeply as well, Steve. Um, so how are you feeling about uh, seeing Tim once again behind bars? Did you watch the video um, that w- that uh, showed kind of his uh, him being uh, torn from his crying children? For those of you who don't know, Steve has seven kids, newborn uh, in December. Uh, Tim, Tim sorry. Tim has seven kids um, and his wife Raquel, uh, and uh, that one of the newborn, the n- newest addition to the Stevens family is uh, um, born in December. So just a, a heart wrenching video to watch him taken away from his family while the kids are crying. Yeah, you know the first time I actually I I didn't get through the first time. I uh, it, it, it's that upsetting. I mean I um, feel. The measure of in anger and 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 grief. Uh, it's hard to watch to see. Um, I think for any of us who watched it to see the uh, grieving children um, as their father is taken away for uh, the crime of honoring his savior for gathering his people in obedience to God's command is just utterly appalling. Yeah. Um, and 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 to think that these people could uh, excuse what they're doing by uh, saying that they're following orders. I, I just. Um, I'm at a point, I think a lot of us feel are at a point where we just, we're, we're fed up, but we don't know what to do. And we know we, we know the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, they're spiritual, so we gather for prayer. But uh, if there was more we could do, I think we would do it. Definitely. I think there's just a, an intense sense of frustration, uh, trust it's mostly righteous indignation yeah. and, and grief. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, it's, it's heart-wrenching uh, watching it, and like you said, uh, you know, watching a righteous man being taken taken away by <clears throat> ungodly authority and uh, and and cowardly police officers is is tough. And I know, I don't know about you, Steve. I sometimes get criticized for using that kind of strong language with the police who are complicit in this. But um, you know, you and I have had our run-ins with uh, the Oxford County OPP around here, and and most of them have been very very kind and cordial. But one of the things that you and I have both said to them is. Um, you know, that it's a sad day in our nation when uh, police have to violate their conscience in order to do their job. And uh, obviously, it, it takes a, a certain level of uh, courage to uh, do what you know to be right, even if it's not what you're told to do. And so our hope and one of the, the many prayers that we're praying right now is that police officers would stop doing things that they know are wrong just because they're following orders. Yeah, it's and I mean, our my experience with the uh, the Oxford OPP has been mostly positive. They've been courteous. They've been apologetic to a degree, um, sympathetic. 
Mm-hmm. But at, at a certain point, they need to say, enough's enough. I just, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to hand this summons to this minister. Um, I won't participate. Now, in our case, the 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 worst we get is a piece of paper, mm-hmm. uh, which eventually will be uh, a result in, in uh, trials and so on. But in this case, when you have men actually going this far, taking a man away from his family and putting him in prison, uh, there's there's complicity and evil, and um, yeah. and and they can excuse it all they like the way they are doing it. But we know our history, and we've talked about this before. I've been reading. Um, I picked up just uh, last week uh, the Rise and Fall of the Third Reich by William Shirer again, mm-hmm. uh, working through that, uh, working through Erwin Lutzer's the uh, on. Um, Oh, how Hitler used the cross. I forget the name of the title. You might actually remember it. But both of them on Nazi Germany, it's the same thing. This is this is exactly the argument was used then. They just they were just following orders. And it's been used in, in every every system of tyranny throughout the ages. And the fact that we, we're still doing it, it staggers the mind. Um, it just shows that human nature doesn't change. Absolutely. And and I think what's uh um, particularly sinister about all this is, is, and I think it's one of the reasons so many Christians have failed to properly discern that this is in fact persecution because you have our elected officials, you have Jason Kenney out in Alberta, you have Doug Ford here, who they're even passing the buck and saying, I'm, I'm just following orders because they're passing it along to the health officials, right? So, so there's this sort of nebulous, faceless tyranny of the unelected health bureaucrats um, and it's guised with the this is for your this is for your own good. And I think it was C.S. Lewis who said the worst kind of tyranny is is the one that's perpetrated on you for your own good, um, because then the uh, those who are asserting tyranny over you sleep well at night because they think they're actually doing it for your good. So um, I don't know your your wife's name is Erin uh, Steve, and uh, did did she see the video? Did it affect her at all? Yeah, I showed it to her. I showed it to my kids actually. Yeah. Um, it, it, it was sobering for all of us. For sure, uh, I had for plans sure. the night we had a prayer meeting on Monday night when we learned this. Um, we had had plans as a family. Monday's my day off. And uh, when I said I have to go out tonight, uh, naturally, uh, the instinct was, well, we're together tonight. But then when I explained what was happening, it, of course, um, it changed the perspective altogether. I mean, I think I think it's um, we can identify my wife and family can identify because it's the minister doing what we're doing. Yeah. And uh, if we were in Alberta, it would be us. Right. Um, so, back, you know, to your point, I just wanted to touch on that. You know, you said about talking about the the justification from the health and safety of the people. I've just been reading it how about uh, the way in which Hitler was a master of, of using that very language uh, for the protection of the people. Um, and this is how their freedoms were initially taken from them, the liberties temporarily. Uh, and then, of course, over time, more and more were taken from them. So if we think that that uh, in the name of safety, uh, whether it's um, because we're afraid of per- per- perhaps somebody who is out on a cr- uh, hate crime spree or uh, because of um, uh, a virus that we're told is deadly, if we think that it's OK for them to take a few liberties here and there. Uh, we're fooling ourselves. And before long, we're going to lose everything. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> so Chris, the, I guess the, the kind of conversation that we kind of wanted to have, I'll let you, uh, uh, kind of, um, tee up the ball here for us is, uh, we, we were calling this little special episode hypocrisy in high places, because, um, one of the things that we're seeing 
is they're cracking down on pastors. I mean, Pastor Tim Stevens, for those of you who don't know, um, they, they haven't been meeting at their church. Their church is under lockdown. Um, it was seized illegally from them by the government after an injunction was, uh, was ordered. And they were, were meeting in an undisclosed location outside in the field. So, um, which by the way, I just wanna say that there is no documented cases of COVID-19 spreading through outdoor activity. I just want to say that, like, I, I don't know if everybody knows that. I think everybody knows, oh, it's, it's less of a chance outside. No, no, there are no documented cases in all of Canada of this spreading outdoors that they know of. And uh, so anyway, Tim Stevens, um, outdoor service in a field, and they were found because the police were using helicopters to fly around and look for illegal church gatherings out in fields. Like it's unbelievable that this is where we're at in Canada. Um, but we wanted to talk about, so that's, that's the extent that they're going to in order to find gatherings in Canada. Um, but we're watching the hypocrisy because the people who are signing these orders, the people who are enforcing these things, the people who are leading us, they're not following their own rules at all. And so we just want to kind of shed some light on the hypocrisy that's going on. So why don't you tee up that conversation there for us, Chris? Yeah, this is this is basically we've seen this all throughout history. I can't think of the French um, lady who um, said who let let the meat cake. Um, okay. She's living a different different society, and that's what's happening here. We're seeing the the upper class, the people who are in charge, the politicians, blatantly mock these stipulations that they're forcing the rest of us um, to do so, and they're using the um, authority and the power that they have been given not to do what their mandate is, which is to protect us, to defend us against invasions, defend us against um, injustice. They're using it like basically hiring helicopters to seek out people who are breaking, breaking rules. This isn't what this is uh, like. They've been tasked to do it um, in any way, shape or form. I like what Steve said earlier about the um, everybody keeps saying they're just following orders. But at some point, somebody needs to be the one giving the orders. Um, so like, why one, let's trace that back. But like, that's our defense too. And so like, why doesn't it work for us when we say, well, we're meeting yeah, because we're good. following orders to our actual command, which is to gather. Right. And so like their authority doesn't super like supersede our religious, religious authority. So um, at the end of the day, I think um, it's all a matter of like, who, who is God to you? And so all the police officers who, for the most part, have been respectful and nice while they're following orders, but they're still following unjust orders. You know what I mean? At one, at one point, they're going to have to answer for the fact that they're taking authority and they're, ta and they're listening to people whose authority ultimately is themselves. Yeah. Um, and that we're, we're not. Um, the thing that's, sorry, I, I'm going off on a tangent now. Um, the, thing that's, the thing that's ticked me off the most about this is the pictures from the G7 um, with Trudeau and the Queen and Biden and all these people sipping cocktails, not masked within two feet. Because at the end, at the end of the day, we, we have plenty of people in our church who would still argue this isn't persecution, that this isn't, um, that this is all for safety. And then we see our leaders blatantly not following the same guidelines. They're not even being consistent in their, in their worldview here. And at that point, if they're not consistent in their worldview, then why are we listening to what they're, what they're saying? We've been saying this the whole time. We can listen to what, like, we're listening to health officials about what's happening with COVID, but these are the same people who have been trying to kill our babies for years, want to murder our old people and say that boys can be girls. Um, and at, the, at this point, like, at what point do we just say, this isn't about health at all? This is straight up persecution. 
Well, what, what what was the uh, what happened that last week? Um, the the um, the narrative has been all along that this is for for your your health and your safety and and not just mine but yours. And so all these rules, uh, if we would just follow them, then we would all be healthier. And then last week, um, uh, it was decided by the premier that uh, we could temporarily set them aside so that uh, all these people could come together. Uh, there was first of all, there was a vigil. Then there was a funeral. Um, how many people were at the funeral? Was it? I saw the report that said thousands of people were there. Yeah. Uh, so, so just for our listeners who don't, uh, who weren't aware of this, there was a a, a Muslim family that um, were hit by a car. Three generations of uh, of this Muslim family that all suffered losses. Nine year old boy orphaned. It was a tragic event. Uh, London, Ontario, which is just about half an hour uh, to the west of where Steve and I pastor. Um, and uh, and so what happened was Doug Ford wrote some special legislation so that this event was sort of protected, a protected event. Um, and uh, yeah, last I heard there was somewhere between five and 7,000 people at the vigil and close to 10,000 people at the funeral. Right. That and all happened was... last week. So that's, that's, that's the story just that Steve is alluding to. Keep going, Steve. Yeah. So interestingly, there was, from what I could tell, no outrage from those who ordinary, ordinarily express outrage at the church. No concerns expressed by anyone, uh, from what I could see, in, in terms of the health hazard. Um, uh, Prime Premier was there, I believe. Prime Minister yep. was certainly there. Both um, and uh, so that's okay. Meanwhile, uh, Pastor Tim Stevens gathers his congregation in the field. Uh, helicopters are searching him, find him, and, and he's arrested and put in prison. Yeah, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And, and so I, and I want, I want people, particularly anybody who's listening, who has not felt like this is specific persecution. I just want you to grasp one thing um, because it was mayor Ed Holder, um, a London mayor and um, Doug Ford, who both spoke at the vigil, both of them actually had speaking um, and mayor Ed Holder also spoke at the funeral. So I just want you to grasp this for a moment politicians can preside over funerals right now in Ontario and ministers of the gospel cannot. That's right. it, it is, it's illegal for Steve or I to officiate a funeral without restrictions with that many people. And it has been for a year and a half. And yet a politician can preside over a funeral service. It's unbelievable. And, and, and you have people who continue to say that the church is not being mistreated at all. Um, on top of that, so that's one story of some of the things that happen with the politicians here in Ontario. But in, in Steve's own, or sorry, in Tim's own um, neck of the woods, Jason Kenney is the premier out in Alberta. And uh, I think it was two weeks ago now, a drone camera uh, took a picture of him um, dining and, and sipping on some whiskey with his friends at, in a penthouse pat, on a penthouse patio, not masked, not distanced, um, a dinner party of 20 some odd people. Um, and, uh, and essentially, and he apologized for it. He says, it. he says it was a lapse in judgment. He's sorry. And I want everybody to hear what we're saying. I think all three of us, I completely agree with Jason Kenny's right to eat with whoever he wants, how many ever people he wants. We are all for the vigil, all for the funeral. People have a right to gather and we don't want to restrict that. The point is, is that it's inconsistent to allow that and not allow church gatherings. And so you have Tim Stevens in prison right now for 
breaking the uh, reopen act and the COVID restrictions in Alberta, Jason Kenney, all he had to do was issue a public apology. So this is the inconsistency that we want to shed a light on. And, uh, and if you're as outraged as we are, uh, we do have some suggestions. So if you're watching this as a video on Facebook, you'll see in the comments. If you're listening to this on the podcast, then uh, we'll put it in the, uh, in the show notes. Um, there's several things you can do. First of all, you can send actually a, a, a mailed letter to Tim Stevens in prison. It looks like he's going to be there until June 28th, which is his court date. He's under essentially the same uh, the same uh, orders that James Coates was, and that is that they put in his undertaking, they put stipulations that he would not gather his church for worship until all of this was over. Um, of course, he could not in good conscience sign that, and so um, they're holding him until his court date. Um, so he, it looks like he'll be there. His court date is June 28th. So um, what's today? The 16th. So he's going to be in there for at least 12 more days. Um, so you can actually send him a letter. There's some rules. So we'll put a link on where uh, you can see those rules and how and where you can mail some letters to Pastor Tim Stevens. Uh, I would encourage you, have your kids draw pictures for him, write letters to him, encourage him. He's a, he's a faithful man and uh, he is instilling steel in the spines of Christians all over the country who are watching him. Um, the second thing I would do is, and we'll put this as well, there's the, uh, the number of the office of Jason Kenney, who's the premier of Alberta. Phone and voice your displeasure there. And then for the police uh, department that arrested him, phone and voice your displeasure there. Be kind, right? Be courteous. Be full of the fruit of the spirit. Um, but uh, speak truth to those that are in power and, uh, and let them know that um, they will be held accountable for their actions. Um, anything else you wanted to add to that uh, call to action there, Steve? Yeah, no, I think that's good. I think there's certainly a need to also, I think there's um, uh, a couple of emails that have been shared and perhaps you can make them available after the um, program is finished. But there's a um, uh, two emails for the um, two detachments, the Calgary police. So if you were uh, complaints department, I guess, um, uh, where they have themselves have offered, they've said, listen, if you have any concerns about how these, uh, these regulations are being carried out, uh, let us know. So um, I, I would say this would be a good opportunity to let them know what we think yep. uh, of the uh, not only the, the the poor treatment of a man who is uh, simply uh, carrying out his uh, the, the command of Christ, but also the gross uh, miscarriage of justice, the the unequal balances, the the fact that uh, um, one man gets given a pass and another man is sitting right now in in, in prison. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, I want to give each of you one more uh, chance to speak. So those are kind of call to action for people who are listening and who like us are outraged at all this. But there's a whole group of people and I hope that they're listening. I mean, maybe they've tuned us out. Maybe they blocked us from their Facebook page or whatever. Um, but if this happens to get shared and you're listening to this and you disagree with us, um, I want I want Steve, I want you to talk to the pastor right now who disagrees with this, whose church is still closed and who doesn't believe that uh, we're under persecution. I want, I want you to speak to that pastor and compel them to some sort of an action or convince them. And then Chris, for the congregation member who's just going to some random closed church who is thinking differently about all this COVID stuff than, than we do, I want to give you um, a kind of a final word to try to convince them why they should be con as concerned about this stuff as, as we are. So, so Steve, what would you say to the pastor who doesn't think that this is persecution, who thinks that Tim Stevens is perhaps in, in prison um, for, and, and it's justified and whose church is closed? 
Well, maybe I'd say a couple of things. First of all, that uh, it is certainly possible for this man to be free. Uh, all he has to do is agree to the, uh, the the stipulations that have been passed on to him, the regulations. He can do church the way the state tells him to. Um, but but in that sense, he would be doing exactly what the state-sanctioned churches have done in every tyrannical system and throughout the, throughout history. Those are not the men that we honor. The men that we have honored throughout history are those who stood against tyranny and who have said, no, this is not uh, the state's church. It's the church of Jesus Christ. He is the head and king. And so I would just remind uh, ministers of the gospel who have who have entered the ministry, first and foremost, uh, for the Lord Jesus Christ, that this is not that this is not Premier Ford's church. It's not Premier Kenny's church. It's not the prime minister's church. It belongs to Jesus Christ. And he gets to decide how he is worshipped, when he is worshipped. He gets to decide who gets to come in and who is turned away. Everything that happens is decided not by anyone, but by Jesus Christ. And so um, let's let's face that that honestly, um, and and um, and 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 make sure that in all the uh, the, the the thinking and the, the calculations, the math that is being done, that his honor and praise is first. I'm I'm weary to the point of sickness, like heart sickness, at hearing people talking about our witness to the world as if the way in which we're going to win the world is by being liked by the world, as if that was ever the way in which people were saved. And I'm weary of hearing uh, the, the men calling for us to be basically nice um, when the, the call of the gospel, first of all, uh, is one that is offensive anyway. And when the business of the Christian is to magnify Jesus Christ, period. So we want his, his praise. We want his approval. And if that means that everyone in the world hates us, then what, what are we? We are we are actually, as Jesus said, um, following in his footsteps, we are then like our master. So uh, I, I would say that and, and perhaps some other things, but that's where I would start. <laughs> Thanks, Steve. All right, Chris, talk to the uh, the guy in the pew who's uh, sitting at a closed church, whose uh, pastor is telling them that uh, all this is okay and uh, Christians aren't under persecution. Yeah, absolutely. I would I would first say if you're still at a church that's closed, then you need to you need to basically start. Now is the time to ask the question: Do you really believe what you say you believe? Um, so at this point, ask ask this question honestly of, of your elders, of your pastors. Um, how can you stay and listen to somebody who has counted the cost and decided that obedience to Christ isn't worth it? And so they've decided that, you know what, it's, it's not worth taking the beatings, it's not worth taking the abuse, not worth the fines, um, to stay open and to do what we're commanded in scripture. And I know there are people who will argue that Romans 13 supersedes all the commands of us gathering together. Feel free to email us because we will gladly go over that with you. And I think if your pastor is making that argument, they need to, you need to, at this point, I'm being very harsh, but they, you need to check that they're actually people who put scripture as the authority and not um, their feelings. And then at, simple, simply at this point is like, like uh, Steve was saying, history remembers men like Steve. They don't remember men like Jason Kenney who did, who followed orders. I couldn't tell you one person that I, that I remember through history because of they, they followed orders. I remember people who um, took the courage to be obedient to Christ, like John Bunyan like the apostles, like the disciples. Um, and they, and they did it as Steve was saying at detriment to themselves. And I think like if you're, if you're 
a congregation member who is still, you know, trying to do the right thing in your, in your church, you're, um, you know, you're, you're loyal to your church. Those are, those are good things. But at what, at some, at one point, your loyalty has to be to Christ before men. And it's at this point, you need to ask yourself that question. I would, I would even push this even for, further down to the men of the home of the, of the men who are leading homes that are still at churches that are shut down, start leading your home. Well, cause your kids are going to ask you one day, what mm. did you do th- during this time? And you want to be able to say, I was obedient to Christ because that's the example you're supposed to be setting for your family. And I'm going to get tons of hate, hate for that. But as Steve said, obedience trumps whatever comes our way. So, right. yeah, maybe, maybe one other, uh, just to add to that, maybe uh, it'd be good for, for listeners to remember that um, in Nazi Germany, as well as in Holland, the text that was used, uh, the, the, the favorite text of the times was Romans 13. That's right. It's uh, and it, you know it's interesting. Dietrich Bonhoeffer is a, a a guy that the church for years and years has lauded as a uh, a hero and a man of courage and conviction. Um, I I don't know if everybody knows this. Um, you know Bonhoeffer had an opportunity to flee Nazi Germany. Um, he touched down in the states because he had a, a teaching job, uh, and uh, he he remembers vividly writes about uh, the moment his foot touched American soil that uh, he was convicted by the Spirit that he must go back and endure all of the uh, the suffering uh, with his people if he ever wanted a voice um, when it was all said and done. He goes back to Nazi Germany, and he's actually involved in an assassination attempt on Hitler. Um, you want to talk about Romans 13, <laughs> uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who we celebrate as a hero, um, recognized that at that point, and I don't think anybody, I don't think any Christian with, with uh, their, you know, history in our rearview mirror, looking back at that would say that it was unfaithful or, or unjust of Bonhoeffer to involve himself in something like that, given everything that happened. Um, and, uh, and what we're saying here is not that Jason Kenney or Doug Ford are Hitler. What we are saying is that tyranny never comes like the, 80, the 51st Airborne and just drops right down. It, it starts as a seed and it grows into a plant that grows into a tree that fills the garden. And, uh, and so we, tyranny starts somewhere. And uh, history has always remembered the men who have fought it from the beginning. And, uh, you know, we're thankful for those who come into battle late, uh, like US of A did in the Second World War. <laughs> but uh, but uh, we, we are uh, thankful for people who get involved in the fight right away. Um, and evil, evil, uh, Sorry, I was just going to say, evil flourishes when good men do nothing. Um, so like us, it, people, there's so many Christians say, like, say um, you know, you don't have to, you can just quietly go about your business and be like, well, no, that's us doing nothing. You know what I mean, yeah. we're, we're the line of defense. We're the light of the world. Um, well, Christ through us is. Um, so our responsibility is to protect those who are weak and helpless. And so us doing nothing isn't an option. That's right. And I would say, um, you know, it's very, very interesting that, you know, all this time, um, I don't know how you felt as a pastor, Steve, when uh, Doug Ford gave you some pastoral advice several months ago, when uh, Doug Ford said, uh, you know, all these uh, churches that are open right now, I don't know why they can't just go online like the other churches. I've heard from pastors who have gone on to Zoom and things like that, and their church has grown. <laughs> I I wonder how Doug Ford measures church growth, but um, I don't know how you felt as a pastor when, um, you know, the premier, the politician tried to give you pastoral advice to go online. But isn't it interesting that the moment tragedy struck, the moment their hearts were, were struck and moved by something, they mm-hmm. recognized Zoom wasn't enough. They could have very easily, instead of going down in person, 
joined the vigil, joined the funeral by Zoom. They could have they could have made that a a virtual event, but they didn't because their hearts are moved with compassion for the family, and rightly so. Yeah. But what an indictment on the church when the pastors and the Christians of Canada are, their hearts are not moved for the gathering of God's people enough that they're content with Zoom church. Right. So. All right. Yeah, Anything we want to say to wrap this up, Steve, you want the last word? Well, you know, I, I was, as you were talking, I was thinking, I mean, first of all, I was, that, I hadn't, that hadn't occurred to me, but I thought that's, that's a tremendous insight. But, you know, as we think about the situation confronting them in the church, the instinct of, a, of the premier to say, okay, uh, something has to be done here. This is tragic. Uh, we want to do something, some show of support, some way in which we can care for this family. Well, um, there's two ways we can, can take that and apply it to the church. Number one, obviously, we there are all kinds of sheep right now who are effectively without a shepherd, yeah. who are who are 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 tremendously lonely, uh, who are in need of shepherding. But then there is a savior who is in a sense without a house. Mm. And it seems to me that um, as David gave his eyes uh, no rest until he could find a place for the Lord. So we, if we care for Jesus Christ, if he is first and he is last and everything else, if he is all in all, then set aside everything else and do all we can uh, for the glory of our Redeemer. As Christians, that, that is what sets us apart from everybody else is that, yes, we love our neighbors, but what's the first and great command, the one that, that our hearts echo with? We, it is that we are called to love God with all our heart, mind, strength, and soul. It's interesting as you're saying that it just reminded me when Jesus says, you know, foxes have holes and, and birds have of the air have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. Right. There's this, there's this, uh, what, a, what a sad thing, right. When the, when the Lord of glory wants to visit his people in power, um, and, uh, the church doors are closed to him <laughs> and closed to the people. Yeah. Yeah. Praise, praise does not await him in Zion. Not right, right. now. That's right. So, Open your churches, get to an open church, praise the Lord Jesus Christ, pray for Pastor Tim Stevens, and pray for our nation. All right, guys, thanks for joining us for this special episode. Thanks for joining us, Steve, and uh, we'll see everybody later on. Bye, guys.